What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a plenty play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier Miller, sitting here with my co host, Deanna Kent. Hey, everybody. And today we have uh, another special guest. This episode going to be a lot of game. And uh, her name is Roshana Scott. She is a real estate investor. She's a uh, real estate agent. She's the founder of Flipping in Hills. And she's an entrepreneur as well. So she's going to drop a lot of jewels, I'm sure. So we appreciate you for coming on. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely, like I said, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your day to come on the show. And you in, uh, you in Chicago right now? Yep. So I know. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's later out there. That's <laughs> it. You got another Chicago person on the episode. This makes me excited. I I know you from Chicago because I can hear it all in your voice. <laughs> it's, it's like all what your. That, what does that mean? I, I, I'm from Chicago, so I already I know how people from Chicago talk. So I'm like I could I could just tell you from Chicago the way you talk. Yeah. It's a certain it's a certain <laughs> accent, and what's crazy is. <laughs> no, no. People used to tell me that to tell me the same thing, but what's crazy is. When I was in Chicago all my life, I didn't think Chicago people had an accent until I moved. And I've been gone for five years. So now when I hear somebody from Chicago talk, I'm like, they definitely from, I can, I can hear it. I can hear the way they talk. They from, they from Chicago. But <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, the first question I always like asking the people that we bring on the show is like, what was the start of your like financial journey? Like what made you get started doing all this? So um, when I was six, um, I was a sophomore in high school and we had a career day and there was a guy who came out and I'll never forget he worked for AT&T mm-hmm. and he was a manager at AT&T and he said even though I work for AT&T I do not depend on AT&T to provide for me and my family mm. he also owned 400 vending machines across the city of Chicago and he explained to us the process of how much it costs to fill it up and how much he makes when it's empty. Mm -hmm. And right away it clicked for me that, okay, well, I don't want to work for somebody else the rest of my life. You know, I don't want to, you know, depend on somebody else to take care of me and my family, that whole thing, you know, started learning financial freedom, you know, like those terms. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, right away I was like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't want to go this route um, or go that route, the typical, you know, traditional corporate America route. Then um, started having conversations with people. My very first job out of high school, I worked at a health food store. So I uh, worked at the juice bar, juice bar, and I was the cashier at the health food store. And so of course I'm interacting with older folks daily. You know, it's, it's that is the medicine stores. So everybody's coming to get, you know, they meds and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one guy, uh, I'll never forget his name is Ulysses. And, you know, we were talking about um, it's just what I want to do with, with my life and being successful and stuff like that. And he was saying that he always gave his tenants, um, you know, different real estate books to read. And so, of course, he bought me a real estate book. And that was kind of how I got started, as well as. Um, I had a mentor at the time who um, he had some experience in real estate before the crash and things like that, before the market change. And he he didn't have much success at the time of me meeting him. He was actually uh, a girlfriend of mine. We were um, in high school together. It was actually her dad. And I, you know, expressed to him, you know, my interest. And after I found out that he did real estate, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I read this book. I think real estate is the way I want to go. Can you help me? Can you teach me? And um, he t- he taught me, you know, a little bit of the ropes. You know, I, I, as I'm older now, I, I know and I've learned that, you know, people can only take you so far, you know, mm-hmm. or as far as they are, right? So yeah. if you want to grow, then you definitely have to or need to have many mentors.
Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with going beyond that. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's so that's how I got started. Um, you know, read uh, some real estate literature and then started going to all the free conferences, seminars, workshops, all of the guru events. Um, you know, I, of course, I heard them on the radio, whatever the case, and I was I was excited and I was you know just interested in finding out more. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. that. Okay. So, uh, I see. And I was young. Yeah, I was like 18, 19. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really young. That's, that's cool, though. But, you know, the younger, the better to yeah. make a decision like that before, you know, you get too far along um, into your life. But um, I seen on your page that you're a real estate agent. So what was that process like becoming one in Chicago? And how has it been thus far for you? So... I first got uh, my license, my leasing license in, in real estate in Chicago. It's, it's different everywhere, but in Chicago, we have a leasing license where you work with just landlords and tenants. That's how you do. Um, then you have your broker's license where you can work with everybody. And then you have your managing broker's license where you can run an office. And so I got my leasing license when I was 21 because, um, again, my interest for real estate around that 18, 19, 20 um, age, there was a lady who went to my church who later on, you know, she, we turned out to be really good friends, but she was a successful realtor and I expressed to her my interest in real estate. And she was like, you should, you know, get your license, get your license, get your license. And she really encouraged me to do that. And so I did that, um, at the age of 21, I got my leasing license, but I was also working full time overnight. Mm. And in school full time during the day <laughs> and doing real estate on the side. So I was hustling. Yeah, um, that's a lot. I, I was definitely hustling. Um but I didn't like it, you know, and I it's it's not that I didn't like it. Definitely the money wasn't enough because I mean you're talking about leases, right? Like working with landlords and tenant tenants. Um as far as tenants, I mean, rents were anywhere maybe between seven and maybe 700 and maybe 1800 might have been my most expensive one, right? Mm-hmm. And then you may make all of that depending on um, depending on if what, what side of the transaction you're on. You know, you're representing the landlord. It's the opportunity to make more. But if you bring the tenant to the listing agent, then pretty much you're going to get half of that. So I was making like a couple hundred dollars a transaction. Now, of course, like I said, I was working full time and school full time. So it was decent extra money. I want to say in the entire year, I made like an extra 6,500 bucks or something like that. But the way I was running around, it definitely wasn't worth it. And Mm -hmm. the brokerage that I was with after that, uh, that I I was with at the time, they charged like so much in fees and stuff like that. And it just didn't even make sense for me anymore. So I was tired and I wasn't making enough as a leasing agent. Then I got more focused in the investment side of real estate. Uh, I did end up spending money on one of those guru programs, investing in myself and learned a lot about uh, just language of investing and um, just got started and got started in investing um, and then came back and got my broker's license <laughs> because <laughs> then look, there's some other things in between. We can go back and dive into that. Yeah. But anyway, um, then, then went back and got my broker's license. And then of course, as a broker now, I'm like, okay, well, it will be in a broker. Well, I, I have access to the MLS, you know, as a realtor. And then, oh, I help out my friends and family here and there because now, you know, as I've, built my brand more on social media people know me for real estate and so they were coming to me uh like friends and family about investing but also about like home buying and I would have to refer them out because I wasn't licensed and so I was like well let me just get my license you know I just help out friends and family and then as soon as I got my license that took off so so uh with on the investing side like how long have you been investing in real estate and what was your first deal like so my first deal uh, was in 2015. I was a private investor. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
which is huge, right? I, I tell, I preach on private investing. Um, I raise private investments, but I tell also tell people that if you want to get started, there's so many people because of, you know all these TV shows. Everybody want to flip a house, right. and you don't really know what you're doing uh, as a newbie. You do not, and so you. I always say that real estate is a relationship business. And having partners in this industry is going to be huge and major for your success. Yes, you can do it solo, um, absolutely. But I, that's that's just not the route that I wanted to take. Um, I didn't really want to spend a lot of money or invest a lot of money and then make mistakes, losing money. In fact, for me, it made more sense to partner with people so that was my very first investment. I invested into a project that was going on. Uh, it was a condo here in Bronzeville that was being flipped. Uh, Bronzeville is a very hot area um, that has gone through its change um, probably 10, 15 years ago. And the change is done. It's uh, right next to Hyde Park where President Obama is from, right off um, Lake Michigan. Yeah, so yeah. Bronzeville is a hot area. But um, yes, that was my very first investment. And the minimum, now, mind you, that was uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was 23. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, so I was 23 and, you know, didn't have a lot of money. But, of course, I had the passion and the drive and all of that. And I was like, you know, I really wanted to get started in this project and or investing, period. And the minimum investment was $5,000, you know, if you wanted to be an investor on this project. Um, I came to the girl and I knew her because she was in the, that real estate investing community that I had joined. Um, and I was like, look, I like it's $2,500, but I really want to be a part of this. And, you know, I earned my 15% return in a year, my little 375, but however much it is. But I was so excited, you mm-hmm. know, because I was a part of something bigger. And she even said, like, she had investors that brought like 35000 to the table. Mm-hmm. And she was like, mm-hmm. you were more involved. Um, than they were, and that's because you know I had the drive, I was hungry, and I I really wanted to do it. You know that thirty, I don't know who that thirty five thousand dollar investor was, but they probably just had you know some some money sitting in their four one k, and probably just didn't really care about investing. They were mm-hmm. probably just investing, um, you know, to earn a better return than what they had. So, um, so yeah, so that was my very first taste of investing. Uh, like I said, investing twenty five hundred dollars, earning a fifteen percent return in a year um and then i was ready to do a lot more (laughs) (laughs) are you there you go i was gonna say so after that first deal pretty much like what was your journey like did you start um did you continue doing the um project investments or did you start buying your own homes or how did it go after that that's a great question so um after that I started, I I continued investing money. So I invested a lot of money um, into other people's deals because again, for me, I wasn't ready to take on my own project yet. I didn't believe that I had the experience and all of that. And now in hindsight, people are like, people, people have told me like, oh, you're, you know, you are all you need and you know, you didn't need anybody else to get started. But again, I was big on, and I still am big on believing that I can learn from other people's mistakes. And if Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, a lot of people took this route and it didn't work for them, then I'm going to go another route. Um, However, I I learned my lessons as well. (laughs) Um, With some of those investments, I did lose money. Uh, You know, I I, I still got somebody to this day that owe me some money. And so, (laughs) uh, yeah, you know, I, I, but but to this day, can't can nobody try me because of what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, and you know, it's 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 been a it's been a journey. Uh, absolutely, I also um, managed a an investment company which raised private money from individuals all around the country, uh, where we bought properties at auction at tax lien sales. So I have experience in that. Uh, buying properties um, at the auction and raising money doing that as well. So that's been my journey. Um, Today, I have a partner who um, I trust that I partner with and we flip properties and I raise private capital for that. And Mm. so that's kind of been my journey, you know, try it's, 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 
it's been a journey of trying to figure it out. Um, because even when, even with that program that I spent a lot of money for and I signed up for and I was like, Hey, I took these classes. I got this money in the bank. My credit is good. What's next? There wasn't much support, unfortunately. And so a lot of my journey was figuring it out. And that's why I created Flipping in Heels is so people could get some of the answers. Excuse me. So people could get some of the answers that I didn't have, you Mm. know, that that figuring it out part. Mm. Um, And maybe they can accomplish their goals much quicker. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and that was uh, going to be my next question. I was going to ask you, what exactly is flipping in heels? So, flipping in heels is uh, it's an online community for women real estate investors. Now, we get men that you know sneak in here and there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I look up in the Facebook group and I'm like, how'd you get in here? But you know, I, you know, I love it. It's it's really for all. But of course, my focus is on women because I I am a woman right. pretty much. Um, you know, that, and and it is a very male-dominated industry. Right. So mm-hmm. when I started to build my brand and when I really started niching down on this investment thing, I said, okay, who can I look up to? Like, what women are really out here killing it in within that space? And I didn't see that many women. Now, thankfully to social media and Instagram, now I have met a lot more and been able to connect with some amazing women. But, you know, like five years ago, I mean, I might have known like one or two and and they might have done deals like here and there, but definitely not on the scale that I know women Mm. now. Mm -hmm. So, so, so yeah, so that's what it is. So it's a platform to definitely um, educate motivate, uplift, inspire, as well as to highlight women who are out here killing it, game changers, decision makers, you know, they cutting a check and they cashing it. Mm. Um, And that is really what it's about. So that's the reason for the virtual summit, to highlight women from all across the country. Uh, I'm also working on another project that highlights more women who are investing in real estate, uh, black women who are investing in real estate, and, and just women in general. But again, you know, black women because I'm a black woman, mm-hmm. right? So, exactly. you know, so, um, but yes, that is what Slipping in Hills is about. And, you know, it, it really, the concentration is real estate, but it really can be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you, how, how, how are you, being a decision maker or a change maker in your industry. So flipping in heels, yes, is dedicated to real estate. But even last year on my first summit that I did last year, I did all all realtors. It was all women realtors, but they were all multi-million dollar producers in their uh, markets. Mm. So, you know, you can, you know, you can take it how you want. But yeah, real estate, whether it's investing, um, being a realtor, my passion is investing. And that's, also what helps me be a better realtor because a lot of my clients that I attract want to invest in real estate. House hacking is the new thing right now. Everybody wants to buy a um, duplex or a triplex and live in one unit and rent the other ones out, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I speak that, I speak the investor language, you know, I I attract a lot of people who, um, who can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I seen uh, one of your posts on Instagram. You you spoke on different strategies such as the multifamily versus the single family. And you were saying how like if you're a first time buyer, you probably should do the multifamily instead of the single family. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. so we to go deeper on that a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so. <clears throat> that post, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it doesn't matter what you post way you post it, everybody got, you know, not everybody, everybody, not everybody's <laughs> going to be free, mm-hmm. you know, and I love, you know, I let, I let that go a long time ago. That's like, good though. You know, I, <laughs> I let it go a long time ago. Uh, like, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion. I mean, there's definitely no one size fits all in anything in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scenario that I'm speaking to is the individual who, uh, at this moment in time can only afford one purchase. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about somebody who 
um, maybe makes four or five or even two or three or whatever, you know, $100,000 a year, that if you wanted to, you can go and buy two houses right mm. now. You know, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the individual who, um, you know, works a regular job and, you know, has decent credit and can go and obtain one property. Um, and maybe they're approved at, you know, two, two fifty, three, whatever the case, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say an individual is approved for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So in Chicago that is that that can definitely get you something um decent, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a house or a building, um, you know, in a decent neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so let's say some someone is approved as that, right? So so that right there is their purchasing power. You know, a lender has taken a look at their information, all of their financials, all of their debt, ran their credit, and has identified that they can be approved or they can afford a home up to this price. And so as the buyer, you know, you have the option to buy whatever you want. You can buy a single family home, a condo, a town home, or a multi-unit. A multi-unit is anything, you know, a two, three, or a four unit, um, property which is two three or four families can live in in the property and it's the same process the same type of purchase as if you buy that single family now what i'm speaking to in regards to purchasing power is let's say we take that person who was approved at two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they go and they buy a three unit for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. now once you buy that three unit, let's say you, you're living in one of the units and the other two you're renting out. Um, maybe one of them is paying the mortgage and maybe the other one, you know, is cash flowing in your pocket. Either way, you know, you're living mortgage free, which mm -hmm. is what I like to call it because, you know, the units are paying your mortgage or most of it. You know, if, if they can uh, take your rent payment, let's say you were living somewhere and you're paying rent, which is like the standard three bedroom here or, or two or three bedroom, depending on the area. Um, you know, let's say you're paying rent and then you now, because you live in this building and you have these tenants that are paying for your expenses, if you have to come out of pocket one, two, three hundred dollars, that's still a significant change. Okay. So, so you buy this building, you know, you live in one unit, you rent any other ones out. And let's say in a year or two, you want to go and buy another property. Now, you're still making that same income, let's say that same you know, $70,000 income that you were making a year ago. Nothing changed. Uh, you did not get a raise, or maybe if you did get a raise, you know, it might have been, you know, $5 mm -hmm. the way to shop, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so nothing changed. Um, everything everything is still the same. And let's say it's a year, let's say it's two years, and you want to go and buy another property. Well, those two units can now count towards your income to help you qualify for another property. Because remember, at your income of $70,000, $75,000, whatever it is, you're only approved at two fifty. You already spent that on one property. Mm -hmm. You already have a mortgage for that amount on one property. So how can you qualify for another one? Right. Right? The good thing about it, like I said, is that the income from that building, those two units that you rented out and the unit that you were living in, even though there is no tenant in there, that can be counted as what is called projected income because you have proved that you've been a successful landlord on your other two units for the last year or two. So now you have three rental incomes. Let's say, you know, you rented it out for $1,200 each. Now you got a, an additional $3,600 counting towards your income for you to qualify for another property. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and depending on the lender, it may not be 100%, right? It may be 75% or 80% of the rents or something like that that will allow you to qualify for the next property. Now, same scenario. Um, you know, this individual is approved at 250 and Let's say they make $70,000 a year. They go and they buy a single-family home. And let's say a year or two, you know, they're ready to buy another home. Again, that 250 that you had to spend, you spent that already. Mm -hmm. So... Now, how are you going to get approved for another property if you don't have any other additional income coming in? And so that's what I mean when I talk about increasing your purchase power, okay. purchasing power. You know, you can still have 
the condo downtown or whatever it is, you know, wherever you want to be, right? Um, But I say let your tenants pay for that. Let your tenants pay for your dream home because you're able to uh, leverage your first-time homebuyer abilities um, by maximizing your purchasing power by buying a multi-unit first. Now, is this going to work for everybody? Absolutely not. You know, some people... Um, have large families. Some people don't want to be in certain areas. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you want to be in an area. You know, so it's definitely not going to work for everybody. However, if that is something um, that interests you, I definitely think you should take a look at it. You know, I'm not saying that that's what everybody has to do, mm-hmm. um, but I but I definitely think that people should take the time to uh, educate themselves and understand how their money can stretch further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I really like that strategy because it's not complicated. Like, it's really simple. And if you keep repeating it, then you can easily build a pretty solid stream of income mm-hmm. is what I really like about it the most. But for you, like, since you started um, educating the community on this strategy, do you get a lot of people reaching out to you who've seen you talking about it, deciding to take this route and buy the multifamily versus the single family home now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. We got about five buyers right now looking for buildings. So, um, if you got any off market two flats, please send them my way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but I love it though. You know, a lot of my clients are millennials, and so you know, back in the day, even and I say back in the day, right? I'm only twenty seven, <laughs> yeah. but like. Like, you know, when I was probably 20, 21, actually, I almost bought a condo when I was like 21, 22. Mm. Now, it would have actually been a great investment because of the area that it's in. It has increased in value. Um, However, let's say it wasn't in a great area where it didn't increase in value, then I would have been stuck with that. And that's why you hear or you may see some people, um, and I think um, Grant Cardone, Uncle G, uh, I think he even talked about it. Um, where is he the one that said like having a home is a liability? Yeah, he said he says uh, rent the rent the place you live and own the place you rent out. Right. Yeah. So, right, and that's where that strategy comes from, right? Because if you are living in a single family home or a condo um, or a townhome where literally there's only one person that can live in that household, it, it's it's you, right? And you're the one that's responsible for making making those payments now if you're in if you are smart enough to buy in an area that is on you know on the up up and coming then there are different ways that you can leverage the property from there right Mm -hmm. you can um you know gain from obviously the equity that's in the property you know you can pull that like for example the condo that i was gonna buy it was listed i I still remember to this day it was listed for like 114 Mm. and um i know it was super cute it's like a little one bed one bath kind of right off the lake on mm. like 43rd and right. lake <laughs> i know anyway <laughs> um, it was yeah and it was listed for like 114 and i remember i went and looked at it and everything and i was gonna offer like 100 anyway i looked at it up recently i don't know why but anyway it ended up mm-hmm. selling at 103 now is worth 160 and so that's the next return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, man, you know, it kind of stung me for a minute. Um, <laughs> but what Jay Z say, Dumbo, right? Dumbo. Yep. Man, yeah. What you but learn anyway, from it? So yeah, so um, so what I was saying is that, so you know, with that sixty thousand dollars spread, you know, you can pull out the equity that's in the, the property and, you know, equity being the difference between what you owe and how much uh, the property is worth. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can upsell, right? So now when I go, if, if that were my condo, now when I go to sell it, you know, even though you bought it for 100 103 now you can sell it for 160 you know? So after closing costs and fees and stuff like that, maybe you're walking away with 40 grand or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after realtor fees and, and things like that. So there's definitely ways that, you know, if you do buy just a single family home, um, you can still benefit. But other than that, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And uh, another question I had for you was, 
because you said something about um you said something about flipping earlier. So I was like, are you pro buying and holding or are you pro? Well, you probably pro pro both, but which one are you more into? So I am pro both. Okay. Uh, so the long term goal is buy and hold, mm-hmm. and right now flipping is the down payment for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard somebody else that say that they have the pretty much the same strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, long term definitely um, the buy and holds, and yep, flipping mm. is um, yes, it's it's the down payment. I mean, just that simple. You know, flipping uh, flipping is good depending on you know depending on the market that you're in, mm-hmm. and of course depending on what the market is doing. You know, overall mm-hmm. and that's nationwide, right? So depending on um, how interest rates are. Um, you know, are people still buying? Are we in a recession? You know, depending mm-hmm. on what's going on. Uh, I remember an individual told me who uh, at one point when I met him, he owned about 400 units. He told me that, wow. um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he told me that um, apartment buildings are recession-proof. Really? You know, and he said, you know, because in a recession, the price of a two-bedroom apartment is not going to change. Right. If anything, it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. And it stuck out to me then. And I've seen it, you know, by being in, in real estate for a couple of years and, and just watching how the markets change. If anything, in certain areas, it may have stayed up. I mean, it may have stayed the same, but in most areas, it's gone up. Mm-hmm. So which makes sense. Because and then also too, if if you're if you are in a recession, and it's an unfortunate time where people are losing their homes or, or whatever the case, um, then people will result in, in renting. Mm, true. So, yeah. True. Yeah. You, so yes, yeah, so that's that's the long term. Do you only um, do like your flips in Chicago, or do you like invest out of state? Yeah. So right now it's Chicago. Um, I don't really see a need to go anywhere else because everything that I need really is here. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have a market for flips. We do have a market for rentals. You know, some areas have one or the other or neither. Like, I get a lot of inbox messages from out-of-state investors. I actually have uh, one out-of-state investor right now that's under contract on a property, on a three-unit. And then I have, like, three more that inbox me literally over the weekend. Mm. And... You know, because they see what's going on um, in a city like Chicago, and they see what the price points are. Hmm. So, so uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, like DM. Someone DM me. So, how do how important do you think is do you think branding yourself is now with the industry with what the things you're doing now? Oh, it's it's definitely hugely important. Uh, I don't know if that's a word. Hugely, Hugh, <laughs> hugely that's a word, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we said, we got the edit that we sound like we slow or something. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I know. I um, know. No, it, it it is so important because um, you know it's funny. So I do um, branding. I teach branding on oh. the side. On the side, really? side, it's like it's like by application only. Mm, okay. Because because my my time and my resources right. really to real estate but I have so many people that ask me how'd you grow you know how's this how's that you know and so there is uh, I mean there is secret sauce to it but Mm -hmm. it's not it's really not that complicated it's it's all it's it's common sense but most people just need guidance right um so I said give us one nugget yeah okay all right okay all right (laughs) well actually yeah I was just about to so okay I tell my my branding clients, you know, I had the look, right? I looked like I knew what I was doing for a long time before I actually knew what I was doing, mm. right? And and I don't know. So there's some branded gurus out there probably be like, no, don't say that, right? Because <laughs> I don't know. And it wasn't the whole fake it till you make it. I'm right. definitely saying that. I was legit trying, you know, and putting my money on the line. I was putting my money where my mouth was. I was, you know showing up to events, showing up to conferences, showing up and trying to figure it out. 
right? All the while, I was showing my journey, mm. you know, and perception is everything. Some mm-hmm. people perceive, like, oh, she doing it. Oh, this, that, and what I, you know, I never put it out there that way, but if that's how you want to take it, okay, whatever, that's oh, on you. Right. I'm just showing what I'm doing and that, and, and, and a part of my journey. And so that's important because the first day, the very first day that I posted that I passed my real estate test, I had my first client. Right. Oh, wow. Um, and that's because of Brandon. Like people already knew me for real estate. Like the consumer doesn't know. They don't know the difference between uh, an investor and a realtor. No, like they, they just know real estate. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person do real estate. Like they don't really know what you do. They mm-hmm. just know you do real estate. And that's why so many people was coming in me too, like trying to buy a house. I was like, oh, well, I don't really do that. You know, I can refer you out. Um, but yeah, the very first day I posted about that. Uh, yeah. So Brandon is huge. You know, definitely. Um, so have the look, you know, don't fake it till you make it, but definitely um, look like a professional in what it is that you're doing because <clears throat> people will be excited to work with you. Um, they see your journey and they want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I get so many inbox messages about people that are like, oh my God, what you're doing is amazing, but that's because I'm showing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? That also is um, social validity, right, or social proof. Um, people see what you're doing. And, like, I grind so hard. And most people don't know, even though I've, I've shared this on social media, I still have a 9 to 5. Mm. And people are surprised when they hear that. Um, now, my 9 to 5 is temporary. Right. And that can be another interview because, you know, we can talk about how your side hustle, you know, fuels your dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Um but my side hustle is temporary. But people, even even friends who know I got a job, they didn't came to my job and they forget that I got a job. You know, <laughs> I go hard, right? So I go so hard, and then what I'm posting about is my passion, you know. And it's not like, oh, you again. It's not the whole fake it till you make it. Like this is what I care about, and this is what I want to showcase. And I don't, I don't recommend that people show every facet of their life anyway. Right. You know, right. just mm-hmm. a lot of things you should keep for yourself. But mm-hmm. I, but I have shared that, you know, on social media that I do have a nine to five so people can um, know that, you know, this grind, this grind is real, mm-hmm. you know, real, real. But again, with the branding, people see what you want to do um, as well as. I don't know if this is tip number three or four. See, I lost <laughs> count. Hope y'all take notes. Cause no, I'm we are. Be innovative, right? Do what other people are not doing. There's so much stuff out there that people are, and, and that's if you want to be a change maker. You know, not everybody wants, some people are just chilling, coasting. That's cool. But if you are focused on building your brand, um, do what's not being done. You know, like me, um, what I'm doing with flipping in heels. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't take that from anybody, you know, from what I know. Um, I, there was no one else that was doing that. And and it was something that, you know, was needed because I needed it. And then once I put it out there with the reaction that I got with the response, the community needed it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, build your brand, be a change maker, definitely be innovative. Um, you know, that's that's really what we see on social media. We see a lot of copying, copying. A, lot of, <laughs> a lot of that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so look like a professional, show up, um, showcase your work, show, you know, that you're doing exactly what you you say you're doing. Um, and it doesn't matter when and how you're doing it, just do it, right. you know, because it ain't going to be perfect. It's not um, going to be perfect. Yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, let's cut you off. But that's so, that's so, uh, I agree with what you're saying. That's so important. It's funny because we was actually just talking to somebody recently and he was, we was talking about, well, we was kind of talking about Brandon, I guess, but he was saying how he was like, it's not about becoming, it's about being. He was like, whatever it is that you intend, that you want to do, intend on doing, don't just be that, like walk in that. Don't like, even if you don't have it already, like mentally be there and just act like you do have it. And he was like, that's not, he was like, it's not faking until you make it. He was like, it is, but it's not. But I mean, that's, he was like, that's like really the key. So I'm like, dang, that's crazy that you said that. And I also heard Jay Morrison, he said before, like when he first started doing real estate, he tagged himself as the, uh, the celebrity, celebrity the celebrity realtor before he even had any celebrity clients. He was like, I walked into it. I said it and I walked into it before. Like I ain't build it. I walked into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a fine line yeah. um, between, you know, 
between like manifestation and like you said, like faking it till you make it, right? Yep. I think the is whatever the driving factor is behind that, and then that's your intent and your your purpose, right? And your integrity. Like you're not out here like, oh, I'm telling people I do real estate, but you know, I don't even know, you know, what what FHA mean or something like that. You know, like like. You know, like mm-hmm. not really practicing it and not really trying to understand it and trying to figure out. I think there's a difference, you know, or like I said, I'm, I say I'm out here, you know, doing real estate, but I'm a, uh, what they say, I'm an underwater basket weaver or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, or like I'm out here spelling hair, you okay. know, like, and, and look, shout out to the hair hustlers, but y'all, right. man, that's the legal drug game for real, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, what you said is absolutely right. Like, you know, it's not about uh, or what the guy said. It's not about becoming. It's about being mm-hmm. and walking in your truth and who you are. And that's the other thing, too. Look, this. I think this like tip number five, man. I'm this, <laughs> you're on the road. Yeah, you're on the road. You're on the road. I'm going to have this in y'all my invoice. You're getting too much. Another thing that I share with people, and you know, this may go against what some other branding people say, but I, you know, people out here that's got like two, three, four, six social media pages, like just, just no, mm. no, it, it, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I believe in being who you are across the board, across the board. right? People work with you because of authenticity no, and relatability. Yep. So, you know, one, you're authentic, and two, they can relate to you. Yes, I may be a realtor, but if I'm, if I'm out here and um, I have a passion for, um, I was about to say something crazy. I'm not gonna say that. You, a, you, you go ahead, say whatever you. No, nah, I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> like, well, who's mad? So, you know, I do real estate. Must say, I have a passion for horseback riding. Right. Okay. And you see that though, like on my page, I'm a realtor and I'm killing it. And I, but I mix that with another passion of mine. It's Mm. not that, oh, I'm confusing my audience or, you know, stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. no, this is who I am, period. You know, I'm not this person on this page and this person on, on another page. It's all me. And guess what? I may get a real estate client just because somebody, see me horseback riding and they horseback ride too. Mm-hmm. And now I got a real estate check. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I share that with people. Like there was a girl that I was talking to and she's a realtor and she, uh, a personal trainer and stuff. And I was like, she, she, y'all, she had two Instagram pages, two Facebook pages, mm-hmm. two Twitter. I was like, girl, wow. do you have an assistant? Like, cause yeah. who is managing these six pages? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And I was like, why not brand the two together? It is who you are. You know, now you gonna have workout buddies and people that reach out to you about real estate through fitness. You exactly. know, and then I told them, like this could be your hashtag, hashtag your fit realtor. Bam. Mm. You know? Like you, and, and then you know, you know. You know, but that's 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 that gift too, though. You know? Yeah, that's a, that's I was about to say. That's not something. <laughs> that's a gift. That's not something. A lot of people they not creative enough to think like that. They have to somebody. Well, that, well, that was their tip. So they yeah, can send me, right. Mm-hmm. They can send me my check. <laughs> <laughs> send that invoice. Send it. What was your question? Right. Well, I've got that other question, but another thing I want to bring up. But um, I kind of feel like some people, especially when they like get into business and start branding themselves as a business, they kind of forget to lead a personal touch to it. Like people may like you for your business, but you know. At, you know, people are a little nosy, so they still want to see, like, all right, you're relatable, you're a regular human being, you're not just, you know, somebody who just, all they preach is one subject all day long. So that's what I kind of notice, and that's what I try and um, keep us on track with, with our social media pages, is leaving that personal touch there. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember, um, I don't do it as much anymore I guess because I look now I think about it, I guess I don't go out as much. But <laughs> um, I, I remember at one point I asked my friend, and, and look, this tip tip number six, you oh. know, when you grow your brand, um, ask your friends and family, you know, what are three things that you think about when you think about my social media? 
right? What are three things that stick out in your mind about me? And, you know, what they say, how they respond, you know, you decide how, how, um, how you want to respond to that. You know, do you want to add more of this or take back on less of this? And I remember asking like a couple people and one of my girls was like, uh, she said three things. I can't, I can't remember the third one, but I know she said real estate and food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I love food. <laughs> I love because when I would go out to eat a lot, you know, I was always posting pictures of my food, uh, whether it was on my stories or whatever. And now that I think about it, I'm like, I, I guess I don't go out much anymore. <laughs> but but when she said that, you know, I laughed and, and I was satisfied with that because I was like, yep, that's who I am. You know, mm. I'm a foodie and... You know, I do real estate. So, mm. yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and speaking of food, but I got another real estate question. But on the topic of food real quick, I got a real quick question for you. So, Harold's or Uncle Remus? Harold's. <laughs> <laughs> man, we two and no Harold's, man. Damn. Which, which one's favorite? Mine's was Uncle Wait, Chicago. Wait, Cubs or the Sox? Uh, by default, my dad's Cubs, man. So, I, I got to rock with the Cubs. Yeah, we were, it's funny. We were just because I'm I'm from like I'm from the west side of Chicago, so I'm Uncle Remus all day. Of course, yeah. Of so course. and my my I'm dad, a south side. so I'm yeah, south side of all day, born and raised. <laughs> so that makes sense. You you but what's crazy is I always say Uncle Remus, but like deep down for real, you I kind of think Harold's a little bit. You but know. I'm just gonna keep saying Uncle Remus because it's like for I grew up. For those tuning in who just have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about uh, a chicken shack. <laughs> <laughs> right, people. <laughs> have them rivals for years. For years. People live on the south side versus the west side. Yeah. It's a ton of heroes on the south side, and it's a ton of Uncle Remus on the mm-hmm. west side. Yeah, exactly. And we had somebody, we had somebody on the uh, past episode, and he from the south side, and she asked him, like, she from Cleveland. So but the first thing I did when I took her to Chicago, I'm like, we going to Harold's and we going to Uncle Remus. So I want you to try both. So, and what you say, girl? I said Harold's. <laughs> uh-huh. She a real one. She, <laughs> Harold's, it just, it, the seasoning was better. It was, it was something about it that was better. Girl, the mild sauce. <laughs> 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 All right, y'all, y'all. I never had look. mild sauce until Uncle Remus tastes like. Look, let me stop. Let me <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah let me. This getting off track. Right. Let me get. Let me get back on track for all the people that's listening that's not from Chicago. That's like, what the hell are they talking about? That, that do not care. Yeah, that, that don't care either. But uh, so, let, I want to talk about like finance and options. So, like, what are your? What are some of your favorite uh, financing options? Or are you? Great are, are you sorry about that? But are you into uh, OPM or you are are you into using your own capital? I'm a hundred percent into OPM. Okay. My current business structure is utilizing OPM. So a lot of people talk about um, a lot of people talk about. Well, I, I guess you can say the gurus, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, no money down, no interest. Right. I mean, no, you know. Credit, no money down, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the third thing that they forget to tell you is that you have to have the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the money or the credit, you at least need to have the know-how to do right. something. You can't come to the deal empty-handed. Right. You got to come with something, period. And the know-how meaning um, the know knowing of the strategy, right? Exit, both entrance or, or acquisition and exit strategies or knowing somebody with some money. And yeah, my current um, business model is uh, private investors. So for the deals that we have going on now, we have a hard money lender who finances the purchase and the rehab. And uh, we only have to put down 10% of the purchase price. So it's, it's really cheap. And the interest rate is really cheap also. Um, but, but that comes with the experience. So when, when you first start out, you're probably not going to it's, it's probably going to be more you know probably like 20 percent of your overall project cost purchasing rehab and then your interest rate might be uh, maybe around 12 percent or something like that but um the lender finances the purchase and the rehab and we just have to put down um like 10 percent of the purchase price and then show six months reserves and on an average project our projects are anywhere between like one and 150 
with resale values anywhere between like 175 and like plus, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the, the neighborhood. Um, and so with that, I bring in a private investor to cover whatever money they need to see. So on average, it's about $30,000 per deal. And I bring in a, a private investor. Uh, they get paid a flat fee, you know, once the deal is done. Um, usually usually six months, you know, we're in and out of a project, but sometimes, <clears throat> you know, can be longer, can be quicker. Like uh, a project that we have going on right now is a 90-day turnaround. So we're about to list it. You know, we got in, closed, renovated in 90 days. We're about to list it, you know, praying that it sells quickly. If so, that will be, you know, a four four to five month project, you know, investor will be paid out, everybody be paid out, everybody be happy. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely utilizing OPM. So uh, the lender, you know, on the um, on the total loan and then for the down payment and the holding costs, uh, bringing in an investor. So mm-hmm. I, I don't bring, you know, anything to the table, except well, mm-hmm. my knowledge. No, no, okay. <laughs> My knowledge, my expertise, right? And mm. then, uh, of course, as a realtor, you know, I work to either find the properties or get them sold. And then I have a partner who manages the rehab. Mm. So, who's a licensed general contractor? Okay, well, that makes that makes sense. That's I a I, cool. I, I agree. With, I'm uh, I agree with OPM as well. But I, I always ask people that because some people are like you know some people are like nah. I'm I'm putting up my own capital. I'm like, all right, what? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you got some people that don't like banks. They yeah. don't like owing people. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is different. Um, I I don't care how much money I have. I'll probably always use OPM. You know, if mm-hmm. I get to put like my twenty percent down or whatever on investment properties, then that's that. But. Yeah. The, the mortgage, like the tenants paying for that. That's yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And do you know uh, Will Roundtree? I know of him. Yeah. Um, I think I follow him. That's the credit guy, right? Yep, yep. We had him on the show, and like I, I was, uh, we was talking. I was like, yeah, with your success, and like, how you doing really good in real estate and all that. I was like, is it an instance where you, would you ever put your own capital down? He was like, he looked at me like, no. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Because I, I think the same, I'm thinking the same way, but I like asking other people to see what they think on it. But he was saying like, no, I would never put my own money down. I could leverage the bank's money every time. I'm like, okay. Every time. Every single every time. time. <laughs> they, they keep lending, so, I mean. Take advantage. And, and that's what it is, right? It's, uh, you know, it's the number one wealth principle. You got other people's time other people's money, other people's energy, right? Mm-hmm. So in regards to wealth principles and multiplying your wealth, mm-hmm. you you got to you got to learn how to leverage and especially especially when it comes to OPM. OPM. And that's and you talked about raising capital. Like what is some of the like uh what's the keys to like raising capital? Now, I can't give you everything. Okay. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, I'm going <laughs> My fault. <laughs> Yeah, I will share. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, but for real, I'm sending my input. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's too much game. Man, it's a lot of game, man. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good though. This is good. The people need this because, like yeah. I said, I didn't, I didn't have it, you know. So definitely, I'm a, I'm an open book. And shout out to everyone who is, you know, mm-hmm. who, who is on a mission to really feel wealth in our community and spread the message mm-hmm. um but yeah so key principles in building opm um or utilizing opm um is it's pretty much just having a conversation with people and letting them know uh who i am what i do what i'm involved right. in uh, my successes my failures you know i'm very transparent with mm-hmm. what i have going on and what i've gone through um then I start talking about, you know, what are your pain points as far as as it relates to money? Um, how much are you earning in that stock, that 401k, that mm. CD, that bond? Do you even know mm. how much, you know, is being earned? Um, you know, that's that's the the main conversation. Then, um, then it's pretty much after that, it's just explaining the process. And I tell people, like, listen, um, 
you know, I tell that's exactly how I got started. Remember my, my first, my very first deal, $2,500, right? So I invested in someone else's project. And it was such an amazing feeling to be a part of something greater. Now, I, I couldn't afford the entire $87,000 project, you know, but again, I felt very much so involved. And so I explained to investors that, um, you know, that feeling of being a part of something greater. Like there's so many people um, that want to do more and have a desire to do more, but maybe they don't have the funds, right? Mm-hmm. They just got, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Well, thirty thousand dollars is really not going to take you that far in real estate. Mm-hmm. To to, mo- to the majority of Americans, that's a lot of money. But in real estate, thirty thousand dollars is mm-hmm. a down payment. Mm-hmm. You know, that ain't the whole deal. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I explain to people uh, that feeling of being involved and. Uh, being a part, like I said, of something bigger, greater. Um, I also share with them, listen, whether you, whether you invest or not, this this deal is going to get done with or without you. Yep. So instead of paying the bank this money, I would much rather pay it to you. You know, instead <laughs> of paying the interest, you know, I would much rather um, someone like yourself mm. be involved in this. And, and, I, and I truly mean that. You know, I don't say that as a sales pitch. I truly mean that because now I'm providing an opportunity for somebody to have that same exact feeling that I had five years ago. Five years ago. Mm. See, see, that's dope. So, so yeah. And and what I've gone through um, has definitely uh, humbled me, you know, to where, like I said, the the experiences I've gone through and the lessons that I've learned, I say, you know, I, I, I do not take it lightly that people trust me, you mm. know, with their hard earned money. Like right. I'm not that person, you know, that that's out here taking people money and disappearing. Like, nah, I don't have time for that. I ain't I, that's not my right. I, I got that's not my energy. You know, right. and people feel that. People feel that. And so, um I mean I mean we talking about hundreds of thousands, you know, dollars that I've I've been able to raise and put to work and because I've had conversations with people and they trust me. And it's it's so funny because looking back when I first bought into like I said I spent a lot of money on one of those real estate programs back in fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, so twenty fourteen. Um and I remember meeting some guys out of California who was flipping houses and they was raising like millions of dollars. I'm like, how do you how? You know, I, I was just so just mind blown, like mm-hmm. how? And then and then today, you know, I'm able to talk to people now. It's I'm sure it's still different, right? They were probably talking to like uh, uh, venture capitalists, venture capitalists. they were probably talking to um, hedge funds, mm-hmm. and you know, the conversation probably was still different. Me, I am very much so involved in the community and getting the community involved. So that's the arena that I plan. Um, you know, it is unaccredited investors, you know, there's somebody that may listen to this and just talk about the risk in that, um, you know, you can definitely work with unaccredited investors. And that's someone who makes less than $200,000 a year or has less than a million dollar net worth. Um, you just have to explain to them the risk that they're taking. Yes, there is a risk. Nothing in life is guaranteed, especially not in real estate. Mm-hmm. However, um, I tell people, you know, the difference between this and the stock market is that, um, and Sorry for anybody who loves stocks, but um, <laughs> your investment is tied to a hard physical asset. You can walk up, you can touch it, you can kiss it if you want to, you can smell it, you can step feet inside of it. You know, I do not prefer stocks as my main investing method. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, I do plan to get into stocks. Um, that's just not what my energy is, mm-hmm. but I do also understand that. Um, the CEO of some company can go out and have an affair and then the stock price could fall. That's yep. a fact. That definitely mm-hmm. can happen. That's, <laughs> that's, it happens. It happens. <laughs> and, uh, this, we gonna wrap up in a second, but I want to ask you like one more question. You spoke on community a little bit and I love asking people this question as well. Uh, do you feel like, like with all the things you got going on, you don't like have to do the things that you do, like as far as like giving back and stuff. Do you feel like an obligation to give back to the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I first started my journey, um, I remember I was 17, and I told my mom, I said, hey, 
I'm about to be 18. Well, first of all, I knew, you know, again, like I said, when I was 16, I was like, oh, I want to be financially free. Like, whatever that meant, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really know. But, oh, it sounded, you know, I want financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started learning this term, this terminology because I was going to the seminars and stuff like that once I got, like, 17, 18, 19, whatever. And I remember, I, I just knew that in order for me to be some some type of successful that I wanted to be, um, which I didn't know at the time. I just didn't know how to be successful. I, I knew that I had to be good with money or understand money. I knew it was revolving around money. And, um, you know, I know I you have some good credit. And I'm about to turn 18. I, I'm going to get my first credit card. That's what it was. Because mm. everybody would say, oh, you're going to go to college and, you know, Bless up your don't, get, don't get these Right, right, because mm-hmm. they're going to be sitting on the campus waiting to sign you up, and, you know, mm-hmm. credit was bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked my mom, I said, um, you know, I'm about to start 18, how do I build good credit? And she said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, okay, um, well, I got to figure it out. And so that was my journey, you know, trying to not only figure that out, but then figure a lot of other things out. Because as I got, again, exposed to more, I started learning more terms, right? Like I said, the, the financial freedom, wealth building, you know, all of these key terms, learned about 401k, self-directed IRAs, SEP IRAs, investment accounts, um, you know, just learning all of this that, again, is definitely not not discussed in our communities, not sure. discussed at the table so yes i do feel an obligation to um give back but to those who really want it it. and those who are really willing and ready to learn Mm. um because nothing in this life is free you know like this game and this hustle ain't easy Mm. you know and it's not given you know you got you still gotta show up you gotta work you gotta work twice as hard three times as hard you know if you're a woman three times as hard if you're a black man Mm-hmm. Three times as hard if you're young, right? Like, there's so many things that we have that we can use as excuses working against us. But, you know, it, but those that want it, I'm definitely um, open to having that conversation. Mm. And uh, one last question. I promise this is my <laughs> last question. Uh, but do you feel like it's a shift happening in the culture as far as, like, mentality? Absolutely. As far as, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> people are awakened. Uh, when I tell you, like, more millennials are home buying, more millennials are, like, like I have a client who closed on his um, three-flat today, and, oh, it's a two-flat with a garden unit finish. And I thought he was my age. He's younger than me. He's 24. Mm. I was like, wow, I, it's just awesome. Mm. You know, he's a super smart dude. But absolutely, and it's so funny because I remember a, a couple of years ago when, uh, the word millennial was just getting hot, right? Mm-hmm. And all these older people were like, oh, millennials are dumb. Millennials are messing up the economy. And I never fed into that stuff because I just knew, I knew that wasn't me. Right. And I just didn't, I just never paid it any attention. And now, what are the headlines? More millennials home buyers. Home buyers More yeah. millennials are doing this. More, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I knew who I was and what my mission was and where I was headed. And, you know, I don't even care if it's like, oh, because this was cool, right? I don't even care. And maybe it is because of those. Um, right, that's women. right. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care what it is, but mm-hmm. there is absolutely positively a shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful um, to be a part You're of part it. Of you know, I, I remember seeing a post that said, you know, what a time to be aligned. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's that's so true. So, yes, there's definitely a shift um, taking place as far as uh, wealth building, mm-hmm. generational wealth. Um, probably a, a lot of us, uh, <laughs> probably a lot of us are also, you know, tired, tired to yep. knowing the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, we both when our work. parents leave, well, look, when our parents leave, like, what are they, what are they going to leave us? Well, or when our grandparents left here, you mm-hmm. know, like, like we, we know that we experienced that, like that's real. Mm. And to know that it's attainable, you mm. know, at one point you're going to wake up and um, take charge of your life. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it. Like I think. And I think it's because a lot of us growing up, we didn't seen our parents work so hard and so long for pretty much little to nothing to see. Like they still can't retire to sixty five, mm-hmm. seventy years old, and there's so much yeah. information out here now. Our generation, we like, man, we ain't going for that. I ain't about to be working till I'm sixty five. So, <laughs> right, I ain't going. It ain't happening. I, I, I'm definitely not going for that. So like. And, it, and it's abundance of information. So we, now we got access to the information and we see people that's doing it. We like, hold up. I ain't got to work this damn long, man. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm about to learn this. I'm about to do this. And I ain't going to be doing blase blah till I'm 70 years old. That's dead. So I think that's how I know that's how I look at it. And I'm like, I think a lot of people look at it the same way. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But before uh, we wrap up, like we're. Where could the people that's going to hear this and they're like, man, she's super dope. I want to get into her. I want to help me out or whatever. Where could they find you? So I'm Roshana Scott everywhere. Okay. Um, again, hint, hint brand, right? <laughs> so uh, I make it easy for you to find me. Mm. That's the other thing. That's Tip a- number go follow her and we definitely appreciate you taking time really out your day coming coming up and spending nothing but gems giving a lo- whole lot of game and we, we yeah yeah <laughs> let me know where to spend my input <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not the- matter, matter of fact it's, you know what you could just take you could just take us to Harold's but, yeah girl. yeah I'll, <laughs> next time I next time I hit the city Yes. Mm-hmm. Next time I hit the city, we gonna go on a, a, a group lunch at Harold's on, on me. <laughs> Good, unlimited six pieces. Don't, <laughs> don't forget the mouth. Don't forget the mouth. Y'all crazy. Man, y'all wild, man. Y'all crazy. But yeah, we we definitely appreciate you. We gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna have to bring you back sometime. And if it's and if it's yeah. is ever anything that you need or you or you want to do something or whatever, feel free to hit us up whenever. We always willing and to help people with whatever. Absolutely. Yep, Thanks yep. so much for having me on. Mm-hmm. This is fine. Definitely. Yep, yep. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. 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 All right, guys. Well, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast with Prashana Scott. And like she said, if you guys want to get in touch with her, you can find her on all platform uh, platforms at Rashana R A S H A U N A Scott S E O T T. And uh, for the people who don't know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Xavier C Miller. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, give us some feedback, uh, share our channel or our podcast. And we definitely appreciate that. And uh, Deanna, she's going to give you her info as well. And you guys can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the Millionaire Mindsets po- not podcast, uh, daily text subs- subscription by texting at mmindsets a one zero one zero. Again, that's at the at sign mmindsets a one zero one zero. Um, did you tell them if you haven't already go ahead and like subscribe yeah, yeah, yeah. alright well, yeah y'all got the message <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all we got for y'all see y'all next episode peace on the way to the big check you ain't know I'm up next till I'm on the way you ain't take a risk cause you too afraid I'ma just eat till I'm overweight on the way oh, a lot of shit on the way on the way